0: It's Saturday, September the 19th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Ruth Bader Ginsburg dies and America bans TikTok and WeChat. First, the week in brief. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, a stalwart of the Supreme Court's embattled liberal wing and an American feminist icon, died of cancer aged 87. Her death gives President Donald Trump the chance to entrench a 6-3 conservative majority on the bench and conceivably to influence the presidential election in November. Joe Biden, his challenger, said her replacement ought to be chosen by whoever wins the election. The director of the FBI warned that Russia is actively interfering in America's presidential election with Joe Biden as its primary target. Russian agents are producing what Christopher Ray called a steady drumbeat of misinformation intended to undermine the Democratic Party's nominee as well as voters' confidence in the results. Donald Trump has repeatedly played down Russian interference. The Trump administration will ban the download of WeChat and TikTok, two popular Chinese apps, from Sunday. Wilbur Ross, America's Commerce Secretary, also said that TikTok will be hit by a full ban on November 12th. The move came after ByteDance, the Chinese owner of TikTok, submitted a proposal with Oracle, an American tech firm, to turn the popular short video app into an American-based company. China conducted military drills near Taiwan as an official from America's Department of State, the most senior to visit the island in four decades, began a three-day tour. Taiwan and America have grown closer as relations between China and the West have worsened. China considers Taiwan a breakaway province and said the live-fire exercises were intended to protect its sovereignty. Bolivia's interim president quit the presidential election due to be held on October 18th. Janine Añez said that she did not want to split the opposition vote and let former President Evo Morales' MAS Socialist Party win power again. Mr Morales resigned and went into exile last year amid allegations of electoral fraud after 14 years as president. Khalifa Haftar, a warlord who challenges the UN-recognized government in Tripoli for control of Libya, said he would lift an embargo he has enforced against exports of oil and gas since January. The blockade has cost Libya about $9.8 billion this year and led to widespread shortages, which in turn have spurred protests in Benghazi, a stronghold of General Haftar's. And the boards of Keisha Bank and Bankia agreed to merge to create Spain's largest bank under the Keisha Bank brand. The Spanish government rescued Bankia during the financial crisis and held over 60% of its shares when the negotiations were revealed. It will hold 16% of the new bank. The boards hope for some 770 million euros, 909 million dollars in cost reductions by 2023. And now, here's today's agenda. A higher judge, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, dies. When Ruth Bader Ginsburg faced a fifth bout of cancer earlier this year, she repeated a pledge to keep serving full steam on America's Supreme Court. Liberal Americans hoped she would live long enough to deny Donald Trump the chance to entrench a 6-3 conservative majority on the court. Following her death on September 18th, precedent would dictate choosing a successor only after the presidential election in November. But in the final straight of the campaign, politics is paramount. Mitch McConnell, the Republican majority leader of the Senate, promptly announced the vote would be held. With a long list of potential picks, there should be little delay in settling on a name. One favourite is Amy Coney Barrett, a judge on the 7th Circuit Court of Appeals. A vote could take place before the November election. Mr. Trump's third Supreme Court appointee may yet be in a position to swing the outcome of the election if, as seems likely, the results in key states are contested in the courts. COVID Cricket, the Indian Premier League In normal times, it is played under bright lights in packed stadiums. Today, a more subdued version of the Indian Premier League cricket's glitziest tournament will begin in the United Arab Emirates. India's mounting Covid-19 cases, now over 5 million, have prompted the IPL to move overseas. Some players have pulled out, citing personal reasons. A few have tested positive for the disease and will not be playing. Still, the tournament is expected to satiate the cricket-starved nation's appetite. Matches are in empty stadiums but scheduled in prime-time evening slots. All eyes will be on the former Indian captain Mahendra Singh Dhoni, who at 39 will play probably his last series after having announced his retirement from international cricket. His successor, Virat Kohli, is one of the world's best batsmen and will be seeking a first title for his team, the Royal Challengers Bangalore. Expect a lot of action and record viewership. Non blondes, the Vikings' varied roots. Through conquest and trade, they exerted their will over northwestern Europe and beyond from the late 8th century. The Vikings of popular culture are cartoonishly pale, blonde, axe wielding giants. But a new genetic study of 442 skeletons spanning the Viking Age, published in the journal Nature, shows how wrong that caricature is. The Vikings were not only raiders, but slavers and traders, and the new DNA sequencing reveals the extent of gene flow from southern Europe and Asia both before and during the Viking Age, the reason many Vikings had brown and not blonde hair. Moreover, some non-Scandinavians seem to have adopted Viking identity. Two genetically British people were given a Viking-style burial in Orkney, an archipelago in Scotland. Perhaps Vikings with darker features should be no surprise. Back then, the Irish called the Danes the dark foreigners. The legacy lingers to this day. The modern British population has up to 6% Viking DNA, compared with Sweden's 10%. (laughs) Dialing in, the Emmy Awards. The usually lavish Emmy Awards will look more like a scrubbed-up Zoom meeting when they go live on Sunday evening, Jimmy Kimmel will host from Los Angeles, but other presenters and nominees will call in from home. Because the perennially nominated veep ended last year, the comedy categories have a bit more space for shows including Shit’s Creek, which follows a wealthy family fallen on hard times, and the Kaminsky Method, about an aging acting coach and his longtime agent. Succession, a pacey satire of Rupert Murdoch's dynasty, looks poised to scoop the coveted Outstanding Drama Award, though it faces competition from Better Call Saul, the prequel to Breaking Bad. Television has had a good year, lockdowns kept people inside without much to do, and many turned to their screens. Netflix alone raked in 26 million new global subscribers in the first half of this year. The big studios will be hoping to translate this surge into statuettes. Back to the future, data-driven politics. Amid the tumult of the 1960s, an obscure company called Simulmatics tried to use algorithms to predict and influence people's behaviour. It was unsuccessful. Nevertheless, the firm laid the groundwork for today's data-based world, according to Jill Lepore, a Harvard history professor who writes about simulmatics in her new book, If Then. The company was best known for its claim of helping John F. Kennedy win the 1960 presidential election with a voter-profiling people machine. While that is probably a stretch – the company's three reports to Kennedy's advisers were filled with conventional political wisdom – it aroused fear – The firm's tactics seemed similar to psychological warfare. However, with the rudimentary technology and data available at the time, Simulmatics could not survive and went bankrupt in 1970. Half a century later, big data has become a staple of politics. Ms Lepore suggests that looking back to this forward-thinking firm could provide some important insights into our data-driven present. Finally, here's the quote of the day from William Golding, who was born on this day in 1911. The greatest ideas are the simplest. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays.